0: Thanks for joining us today on the Revolution Church Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at therevolutionchurch.com. Our prayer for you is that you would discover God's unchanging love and see what He can do through you. Today, let's jump into week four of our series, Better Together. We're just grateful for you. We're grateful for what God is doing here, but I just felt very special today to want to just honor the Lord and honor the Holy Spirit to do something special here today. Can we just do that? Is that okay? Uh, We didn't come to uh, this city to be normal, and there's nothing normal about our life, okay? And so, and I have a feeling there's nothing normal about your life either. We're going to find out today, and I just believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something uh, uh, special today. Do you guys believe that today? Can you, can we put a demand on the Holy Spirit in this place here today? Come on. All right, so we're going to ask you to bow your head, just, and some if you're comfortable, just lift your hands and just worship God with me for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and we worship you and we praise you for your presence. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come in this room and do what only you can do. Lord, I have prepared I've, I've, I've got this message uh, ready and, and Lord, I just ask you to take over. I ask that you would speak through me. Let my vocal cords be your vocal cords. Lord, let every heart in this room be open to hear what you have to say to them, because I know, Lord, that in and of myself, I have nothing to give. But as I'm fully surrendered to you, I know that you can meet the needs of every person in this room. And so for it, Lord, we will give you all the honor, the glory and praise in Jesus name. And everybody said, can you say with me, say, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. favored. I am deeply loved. Come on. All right, go. you guys can be seated. All right. So we're wrapping up our series today called Better Together. Somebody say, Better Together. Oh, we're going to have some fun today. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to have a good time. Come on, come on. Come on. Going to have a good time today. All right, our opening scripture is Ecclesiastes 4. We've been talking about this throughout the series, and it's found in verse 9. Notice what it says. It says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Now, we've been talking about this for four weeks, that other people in our life can help us to succeed, all right? And if one person falls, then the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble, all right? So, I want to start off this message today um, because we're, we're going to be talking about the value again of relationships and how we are better together. Somebody say we are better together. Come on, come on, say like you mean it. We are better together. Come on. All right. So I want to show you guys. Uh, I want to show you guys a picture uh, of something that I experienced, and maybe some of you have seen this. Okay. I want to show you this this picture of the sequoias or the redwood forest. How many have ever seen this before? How many of you have ever had the privilege of walking through the, these woods? And there, how many of you? Okay. So, so if you have not, this is a sign and a wonder. I heard about it. I saw pictures. But it wasn't until I actually went there that you get to experience the majesty of these amazing trees. Now, you can see people walking in that trail. Can you guys see that? I know it's a little bit far. But we actually walked up that exact same trail last summer. Okay? And you can see how huge these trees are and some people would say that these trees are between 800 and 2000 years old isn't that amazing and so and and so you go there and you're walking through this path and you're looking up and you just feel the majesty of agelessness, the majesty of the the wonder of this amazing force. And you can hike up these trails and you just keep going up and up and up and you just finally get to the top. And it just seems like you're you're on a miles long trail to get to the top of these trees and you're looking down and it's even more of a wonder to look down and see how massive these trees are. And so why am I bringing this all up together? Because the first time I saw... um, these trees, I was on a guided tour about 20 years ago. And so I was walking through probably that exact same trail with a tour guide. And I was saying to the guy just in the wonder I said, Oh, my goodness, the root structures of these trees have to just be so deep and so amazing. Because any engineer would tell you, the higher your building goes, the deeper your building has to go, right? Because the, you, your mind is telling you, the, only a massive root structure could hold this together. And I found out something on that walk from that tour guide that I, I, I never heard before. And I did some research and it was true. The root structures on these trees are actually very shallow. And they told me what actually holds, what actually holds these trees together is the fact that the root structures are actually shallow, comparatively speaking, but they're interconnected with each other. So these trees, literally for thousands of years, hold each other up, and there's a sign and a wonder for us to continue to see all of these years later. Listen, these trees are better together. Are you with me? And I want you to know, oh, that was a good place. These guys got it right here. Come on, that's awesome, man. These trees are better together. And whether we realize it or not, you and I are better together in everything that we do in life. So we discussed about the value in our first week about why relationships are so important and how society really works against us having the kind of whole relationships that I believe God has for us. Then we talked about flowing in relationship with my brother. What an amazing message that was. And you can get all these messages online on our website. You can rewatch them if you want. Um, some of them are pretty good if I don't say so myself. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Um, so then and last week we talked about the value of believing the best in each other and we found out, listen, the power of believing the best is so important and we found out last week that the reason why we should believe the best in others is because God believes the best in us. How many of you know that, right? And so so now today, today is where I want to land this plane and I hope that we can take the concept's a way of better together in a way that, that, that can really make a significant difference in your life like it has made in my life. Today, we want to talk about the value of shared relationships, the value of shared relationships. Here's what I mean by this. How many of you know in this place that we all have to have our own personal relationship with God, right? And aren't you glad that you can have a personal relationship with God? Aren't you glad that your relationship with God doesn't have to be through another person? Come on, somebody. Your relationship with God can be between you and him, and he wants to have a relationship with you, okay? And so, but I really believe this, that not only does God develop us, And does God change us as we have our own personal relationship with him? But I believe in my life, and you're going to find out in your life too, how God also uses shared relationships in our life to make differences in our life. How many of you would agree with me that another relationship with somebody, or maybe a relationship with a group of people made a difference in your life? And here's where I'm going with this, all right? Here's the theme, and here's the big idea for today. You may be One community away from your purpose, your destiny, your freedom taking you to another level in your life. You may be one community away, a community of people that believe in you, a community of people that love you, a community of people that care for you, a community of people that you can believe together with, one community away from going on to do something really, really significant in your life. How many of you would like to step into a greater level of significance in your life, right? I mean, come on, seriously, seriously, is this all it really is? Is this all we do? Really just same, uh, same old, same on? Is this is just wake up, go to work, go home? Is that really our life? I'm here today to tell you that that is not the life that God has for you. The life that God has for you is to step into something that's so purposeful, that's so wonderful, that's so free that you would wake up saying, this can't be true. And I want you to know it is absolutely true. That's the life that God has for us. Are you interested in that? Our shared relationships. You may be one community away from stepping into something so significant, so purposeful, so uh, it can be such a change agent in your life that you won't even recognize yourself after you've been a part of a community like that. All right, so let's read John 15, 15. I want you to see the scripture here. This is an amazing scripture. I touched on it last week just a little bit, but I want to read it and want you to see it for yourself. It says this. It says, and this is Jesus speaking. He's at the end of his ministry and he's here with his disciples. Okay, he's been with them. We would call it his small group, all right? Notice what he says here. He says here in verse 15, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. I want you to think about this. He's, he's saying a servant doesn't know the inner secrets. A servant doesn't know the intimacy of the boss. A servant doesn't know when the boss is happy or when the boss is sad. I'm not talking about just in performance, but I'm talking about in everyday life. A servant doesn't cry with the boss. A servant doesn't laugh with the boss. A servant just performs. All right. Now now notice what Jesus says here. He says here, instead, somebody shout, "instead." instead. Watch this. I want you to see this. I have called you friends. I have called you friends. This is Jesus speaking to his 12 disciples. He said, You're not disciples. You're not performing your way for me. He said, I'm calling you friends. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to us right now that we are his friend. We are friends of God. We are friends of Jesus. If you do not see Jesus Christ this way, that you can be his friend. Not only is he our Lord, not only is he our Savior, but he is also our friend. You are really missing out. How many of you know this is the kind of God that we serve? He is. We are friends of God. In fact, say this out loud. I am a friend of God. Come on. God. Say like you mean it. I am a friend of God. Come on. God. That's what the scripture teaches, guys. And now notice this. I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I have made it known to you. And this small group of people, the shared relationship, this community, This community that Jesus created with a small group of guys, listen, they changed the world. They turned the world upside down. We're still talking about the things that they did. We're still talking about their relationships. We're still talking about the exploits that they did. Come on, is somebody getting this here today? But it all happened out of this shared relationship. It'll happen out of this place. And didn't Jesus know, like we said last week, didn't he know that some of them were, were going to go out and fail? Didn't he know some of them were going to go out and deny him? Didn't we know some of them would go back to their old professions after all the time Jesus spent with them? Yeah, absolutely. But it didn't stop him from investing himself in them because he believed in them. And I believe God is doing the same thing today. Is it possible that we could be one community away from stepping into something special, something significant, something purposeful in our life. I really believe that here today. You know, that's what happened to my mother. I always got to go back to how we came into the things of God. I was, I was raised in a very, very religious environment, super, super religious environment. I mean, our environment was so religious. Our All religious right, come on, some of you, okay. Our <laughs> <laughs> our environment was so religious, religious we could not have a television in our home. We could not have a television in our home. We could not have a Christmas tree in our home because the devil was in the Christmas trees. We could not have music in our homes, okay? We could not play football. We could not play baseball. We could not play hockey. We could not play basketball. That's the big four. Come on, somebody. I mean, we we were in this ultra, ultra like,, uh, like, I guess you would call it like Amish religion type family, right in the middle of suburban America. Imagine what our neighbors thought of us. Come on. That was our environment. So we were born and raised in this super, super religious environment where you you did everything on the outside to go to church and to look like you you got, you have it all together. And we were in church four days a week. Come on. And y'all complain. Some of you getting here from 10 to eleven fifteen. 15, help me out somebody. And some of you still only get here it, it you know, come on. All right. So four days a week we were in that church. Okay. It's no wonder when I got into my teen years, I just rebelled. I found out where the communion stash was in the church. Okay. And every afternoon I went down and helped myself a little bit. It was the only way that I got through. I'm just being so transparent with you. Okay. So that was the ultra religious environment that we were raised in. And so then one day, My mother watching television, she sees a man on television and she's hearing things about a Jesus that she never knew, only a Jesus that she heard about, but never really knowing that she could have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And right there in her living room, she gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and she became born again. People are afraid of this term, but it's in the Bible. It is still possible to be born again. And so she became born again, and her life radically changed. Now, I'm still stuck in religion, and I'm watching something happen with her through her born-again experience. So she started to spend time with God. She started to read her Bible. Yeah, we were in a religious church. We were told not to re- read our Bibles, you know, and so she's reading her Bible, and I'm thinking, my God, she, the devil is on her. She's reading her Bible, okay, and so she's starting to read her Bible, and she's starting to change, and she starts meeting this, this group of people that start start contributing and start helping her. And she and my mother before our very eyes, she began to transform going from this dark religious person to a person that's full of life and full of just something special, something different. It was something to say, Wow, I I, I wonder what's going on over there. Now, I still didn't want anything to do with all that Jesus stuff, because remember, I'm still stuck in religion, okay? Because in our church services, you can only have a piano, and you you can only have an organ, like an old-fashioned organ, because the devil was into drums, okay? The devil was in the guitar. Are you guys following me? And so... There was this line that's drawn in her house. So she's coming out of religion, and I'm still stuck in religion. And then this group of people embrace her, and this amazing change starts to happen to her. Are you guys all following me? And so we're starting to see this amazing transformation, one community away from a difference being made in somebody's life. And I'm seeing it in real time. And I just believe that God wants to continue to do the same thing today. Create communities, uh, environments where we can connect, environments where we can actually grow together. We can pray together. We can do life together. We can encourage. We can nurture each other because we are better together. Come on, somebody said that. We are better together. Come on. Man, uh, your timing is really off this morning. <laughs> Come on, we are better together. All right, okay. Well, let's just do it. On the count of three. One, two, three. We are better together. All right, right. that's just what I have to do now. I have to set you up a little bit better, right? Okay. All All right, so as I started to research this, I started to ask myself, why? If this is so powerful, the 12 disciples, the shared community they had, the shared community that my mother found, It's so powerful. What are the things in our society today that are working against uh, having this sense of shared relationship? Because you guys know as well as I do that there is this force that works against us from really stepping out and saying, hey, I I need to have that shared relationship. Because here's the reason I'm bringing this up. If you don't do it intentionally, it doesn't happen. And you have to step into something and say, I want that, because it just doesn't fall on us. You have to actually say, I need that. I see that. I see it's part of my growth. I see it's part of me stepping into purpose and destiny, okay? So what are some things in our society that, that really work against this, all right? And so I want to give you a few things, and I think you can, you can, you can uh, see why it's so important that we are intentional pursuing this, because if we're not intentional about it, it just doesn't happen, okay? First thing I I, I found in my research is there's this increased mobility. People move around a lot today. In fact, between the ages of 20 and 40, you're going to move at least three times, and so when you're moving that much, how many know it's hard to have intentional relationships, okay? So and over the last 50 or 60 years, this has been huge increased mobility, all right? And so it just happens all the time. The second thing I found in my research is that you're gonna find this so interesting, is air conditioning. Air conditioning has been a thing that has worked against shared relationships. Here's what I mean by that. Air conditioning wasn't household until the 60s. It was actually invented in like the early 20s, but it didn't become a household experience until like the late 60s, okay? So prior to that, and I was raised in Detroit, I still remember those Detroit houses. I still remember being four and five years old in those Detroit houses there in Evanston in Detroit, Michigan, okay? And every one of those houses, if you guys can remember, okay, without dating yourself, what did those houses, what did each house in Detroit have? A front porch, a wraparound porch, porch, okay? And what what did they do every single evening? Everybody sat on their porches every single evening. And I remember playing, running up and down the street on my bike and, and the little push mower that didn't have an engine. And, and that's how we cut our grass. Everybody was on their porch. God forbid you drive in a neighborhood where everybody is on their porch today. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're like, something strange over here, man. I, I better pull into my garage and shut it really fast, right? So share, so air conditioning, it pulled us inside. It worked against having shared relationship. Attached garage, believe it or not. I know what I'm saying to you. Maybe it's a soul foreign. Where are you getting this stuff? I've been studying relationships, attached garages, believe it or not. They they that they created this environment where you just went home and you pulled into your garage, didn't have to say anything, didn't have to wave to anybody, just like a lot of y'all do today, and, and sometimes I do today too, and I'm not all done up. Help me out, somebody. <laughs> All right? So we all do this, OK? So, but, so the forces in life are working against having shared relationship. That's the reason why we have to be intentional. Individualized entertainment. I mean, how many of you know you have entertainment on demand today, OK? It wasn't that way before. I mean, on Saturday morning, there was just a couple of cartoon channels, and that was it. We couldn't have a TV in our house because we were so religious. And so my mother was kind of a little bit rebellious about that because she did not want her children to go without a Saturday morning cartoons. So she bought this little black and white TV that we were able to hide in the closet. And so every Saturday morning, my brother and I, we would grab that TV and we would sit up in the bathroom on a toilet and shut the, 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 the sliding door because it was on the other side of the house because my dad worked nights and he was sleeping, okay, and Anton and I, we would sit on the ground in the bathroom and we would walk. Watch all of our Saturday morning cartoons come on Hong Kong Fui. oh man I'm really dating myself now come on Justice League and all the famous cartoons man it was awesome and we had to watch them in black and white we just this is amazing there's only two or three channels and that was it that was our life that was entertainment that we had and when that was over When cartoons were over, we hid the TV. Then what did we do after that? We went outside and played. Come on, imagine that. And we hung out with other kids in the neighborhood, right? So today, individualized entertainment is working against the idea of having shared relationships. If we don't understand this, we're not going to be intentional about it. Is anybody hearing me here today? Okay, here's here's the, the the last thing that 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 I in my research that came up. It's the rise of social media. Okay, I love social media just like you love social media. I use social media like you use social media. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not a replacement for relationships. All right, I wanna I want to just tell you just. I, how much social media means to me just 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 recently? Because I discovered Snapchat. Anybody in here? Snapchat. Snapchat is the way. <laughs> Snapchat is the way that I communicate with my kids. Okay, because it's really cool. You just send each other snap. It's so cool. You don't have to write anything anymore, right? You picking your nose or whatever. Just what is great. So, and they have these thing, these thing called Snapchat filters. How many I'm talking about? Right? Where are all the Snapchatters in here? Let me see. Because I'm going to show you some stuff. I, I, see, hands nice and high. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You wait till you see what I'm about to show you. All right. All right, so so I just had to do this just for fun today because I'm not, I'm not coming against social media. I love social media. I just want to make the point that because of the rise of social media, we have to be intentional about making relationships. But take a look at some of these uh, uh, snap, Snapchat filters that I discovered that I sent to my kids. Look at this first one. Take a look at it isn't that amazing isn't I wish I could wear my hair like that isn't that amazing all right so they have these little filters go to the second one this is really cool too somebody shot duck dynasty baby come on I mean that one is really pitiful I got to just tell you all right all right go to the next one go to the next one all right Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That's an alien version right there. So, all right. All right, but you got to brace yourself for this last one. Are you ready? You got to just brace yourself, okay? (laughs) That is not Alyssa. Come on, somebody. When I did, I, I freaked myself out. Praise the Lord. I freaked myself out. You'll freak yourself out too. Here's, what, here's what's going to end up happening here, Jeannie. I, I'm calling it, okay? Y'all are going to go back and get on Snapchat and find these filters and see what you look like as like a man or a woman. Come on. <laughs> all right. So I'm not against social media. I'm not. I, I think it's all good. But, but psychologists are telling us today, now listen, listen, because of the rise of social media, it's created an epidemic of deferred loneliness. An epidemic of deferred loneliness. And so here, here's... What I mean by that, and maybe some of you have experienced, maybe it wasn't through social media, but maybe it was a group text or something like this. Let's say you're having a bad day. You're having a lonely day, and you're just, you know, something, something didn't work out at work, or maybe you had a family issue, or uh, people bailed on you, or whatever, and you find yourself dealing with some feelings of loneliness, all right? And so, so you might, you know, set yourself up and take a selfie, you know, and you know, big smile, maybe you're out at a restaurant all by yourself or whatever, and you try to make it look like you're having fun or whatever, and you post that picture, and then you start watching, and all the likes start coming in, you know, like, 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 and so what happens is you get this boost of endorphin from seeing all these likes, okay, and so your loneliness gets only masked, okay, but once that little like period is over, okay, the loneliness is still there. How many of you know I'm talking about? And nothing can replace that loneliness more than a shared relationship, somebody. Sometimes we are one community away from stepping into the thing that God has for us. I am so glad for the shared relationship, that shared group that my mother found. My mother battled with such feelings of loneliness and, and, and that was one of the things that caused her to find Christ, okay? And so this group was just starting to help her. This group was starting to help her learn how to pray and how to just be normal, and how to begin to enjoy life. Because, you know, when you start reading the Bible, and you start getting around people that understand the Bible, it's not like something that's weird. It actually it actually normalizes you. How many of you found that out? You mean the Bible says that I can rest? The Bible says that I don't have to be afraid of, of my salvation? The Bible says that, that, that when I die, I can actually be assured that I'm going to spend eternity with God. How many of you know that brings great peace to you, Right? And so, but when you're in a religious environment, you never know. You never know if you're going to be good or if you're not going to be good. You're always working your way to try to please God. But when you find Christ, when you find Jesus, how many even know? You are already right in his eyes, not because of anything that you have done, but because of everything that Jesus has done. How many of you know that's good stuff, right? All right, so she started to find out about prayer. And, and I, and I, I watch from the outside this, this group the way they started to help her and the way they started to kind of just tr- transform her. I mean like this, this, this light and this glow started to come to her when she's she coming out of this religious environment and so all, my friends started to notice the same thing. Now when you're in high school okay and your friends start saying things like hey can we hang out at your house? I want to run something by your mother. How I many know you're like in real trouble at that point, okay? When you start to get popular in high school because everybody wants to talk to your mom, I many oh, that's like really good, right? So so they just wanted to come hang out at the house. And they heard about one of the first miracles of prayer that I experienced as a believer. or, or And I wasn't even a Christian. And so uh, I had this really cool car, and it was it was a... It was a Iraq Z28 help me out somebody come on and it was awesome it was fun it was candy apple red and it got me in so much trouble okay so but it had these black louvers on the back and uh, so one day I I left the car parked by the by the road and I woke up the next morning and somebody stole the louvers off of my car I was really upset about it because I paid for them myself and and so uh, I was really upset about it somebody stole the louvers off of my car. My car was bad, but now it's not as bad because the louvers are missing. Come on, you're in high school, right? So my mom says this to me. Now, this is because of the shared relationship that she's got with these other people, the things that she's learning, right? She says, hey, Dean, uh, I'll bet if we pray, God will return your louvers to you. Sounds weird, doesn't it? You're in high school. If we pray, God will return your louvers to you. Now, I didn't know, you know, I'm, I'm at a pointed decision. I want nothing to do with all this cheesy, spooky stuff. Come on. But yet, at the same time, I can see something's happening. You know what I'm talking about? So I took a chance. It's either going to cost me $300 to go put new louvers on my car because I had to have the louvers. Help me out. Come on. All right. Or, or I'm going to take a chance and just pray. I'm telling you, right there in the foyer of the house, in a half-hearted way, I just said, let's pray. All right, so we prayed. And she just said, Father, we pray for whoever stole those louvers. We just bless them. Bless them? I want to go, you know, come on. Oh, you're just religious on me in here today. You know, you think the exact same thing. Where's Dave? Is Dave in here? Come on, Dave's a police officer. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. All right, I want to, you know. So I wanted to find out who stole my, I'm like, Lord, show me who stole my louvers so I can go get them and get them back really good. Come on, because that was the group I ran with, you know. Uh, that's another story. Those are other sermons, help me out. So, we, so she prayed, Lord, bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them really big. Just bless them really big, Lord, so that they would just return to louvers. I never heard a prayer like that in my life. So she said, amen. I went, amen, walked to my room, scratching the back of my head, I promise you. I remember the whole point of this whole thing is shared relationships, right? How many of them want to know what happened with that Louver story? I, I just have this huge temptation to tell you, you got to come back next week to hear, but I can't <laughs> do that to you today. I can't do that to you today. So literally, I promise you, three days later, and, and, and I, I couldn't make this stuff up, there's a knock at my door. The front door and there's this little short kid in the neighborhood that was known for getting into trouble and he was just like stuttering and telling me I know who stole your louvers I know who stole your louvers and and the reason why I'm here because we we all know that you're going to come to find out about it and the people you hang out with you're not going to make it very easy for us when you find out and come looking for us so we want to bring your louvers back to you I'm standing in the front door I don't know what to make of this Words wouldn't come out of my mouth. I'm like, and this, this is really weird. I, got, I almost got into the flesh, like I just want to just beat this guy up for stealing my louvers in the first place. But I felt like we were angels and God was standing right there. And I couldn't punch this guy in the face of God. Come on. So I'm, I'm like, okay. Then I was really quick-witted. I said, and I also need $100 because if you're going to return them to me, that's the that's the cost to have them reinstalled. No problem. Next day, louvers and an envelope with a hundred bucks. Louvers all returned, guys. Isn't this amazing? This is amazing. It's amazing. It was the shared relationships, the community that my mother was hanging out with, where she was learning these things. Come on, are you guys all with me today? You might be one community away from life change. You might be one community way of stepping into something significant. You know what, your life might be okay right now, but just what if God is saying, I have something better for you? Your life may, you may have it all going on right now and that's awesome, but what if God is saying, I have something more for you? What if God is saying, I wanna make your marriage better? I wanna make your workplace better. I want to help you, listen, reclaim the call of God on your life. I believe that's one of the reasons why God sent us back here is because I believe there's a call of God, that God's purpose and his destiny is upon so many of you in this room, and this is just a season to start reclaiming it. Do I have any reclaimers in here today, all right? I just believe that with all my heart. Maybe that's one of the things that God is doing. But this shared relationship, this community was helping change and transform our family it's amazing I want you to see this in Acts chapter 5 so you can see it in the word for yourself notice what it says here Acts chapter 5 verse 42 day after day in the temple courts and from house to house somebody shout from house to house come on I want you to see two things here, from the temple courts and then from, the ha- from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So I want you to see this two-fold approach that was helping the early church Change and grow. It was the temple courts where, like we are today, where there's a proclamation of the word, where we're coming together to celebrate Jesus, where we're laughing together, we're crying together, we're learning together. But then it was also from house to house where they were learning from those shared communities, from those shared relationships, they began to grow. And back then it was really, really important because when you became a Christian, when you started to follow Jesus, man, in that religious community of that day, People lost everything. They got kicked out of their houses. They lost uh, uh, estates. They lost inheritances. It was amazing. So that's the reason why meeting house to house became so important because they they actually had to develop community with each other because the religious community was was persecuting these new Christians like crazy. Thank God we don't have that here today right in America. It's amazing but it happens around the world. It's going on in Iraq right now. There's a major revival happening in Iraq right now and it's the women in Iraq. Jesus is visiting women in Iraq and they're having all all these shared communities, all these shared household situations, and I'm telling you, a major move of God is happening over there. Why not have the same thing right here, right now? I'm telling you, you may be one community away from stepping into something that God has for you. So, But it's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take being intentional. It's going to take really understanding that maybe uh, this is for you. So now as we're getting ready to launch our small group ministry, I'm so proud of so many of you who have like signed up and you're like stepping into it and you're just like, okay, you're taking the next step of your journey. You're taking the next step of saying, you know what, I, I'm going to take the next step into my freedom, my personal freedom, maybe making my marriage better maybe making my family better, maybe learning some things about how to be a better employee or a better parent or a better business person, okay? You're taking that next step and it's gonna take some intentionality. And I gotta tell you something, the enemy would work against you to say, no, nah, people, people don't want me in a group. No, there's this stuff about me that people are not going to accept. Look what it says here in Romans 15:7. Notice what it says here and I'm getting ready to wrap this up. Are you guys getting anything out of this here today? All right. Romans 15, 7 says this. It says this. Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I want you to see this. I want this to sink in. Accept one another. Then, just as Christ accepted you. How many of you know that Jesus has accepted us? Okay, so I may have to remind you what Ephesians 1 says. It says that we've been accepted in the beloved. What does that mean? That means whether you realize it or not, And apart from your behavior, whether you've been good or haven't been good, whether you've prayed or haven't prayed, whether you've tithed or haven't tithed, whether you've worshiped or you haven't worshiped, if you're a Christian, you are still accepted in His eyes. Come on, you're still accepted. Come away from the performance mentality. Listen, Jesus did all the performance for us. He performed it. He hung on the cross. He was raised from the dead. He's the one that gave us new life. All we have to do is accept it and live in this place of acceptance. He did it all. He did it all. And so I want you guys to catch this. He has accepted us. Now notice it says here, accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted accepted you in order to bring praise to God. This is what's telling us that when we accept each other as we, as he's accepted us, this is what brings praise to God. This is the thing that he gets excited about. Isn't this awesome? He doesn't get excited about some great revelation word that goes forward. I'm sure he does. He doesn't get excited about maybe this missionary trip that was successful. I don't even think he gets excited if a church is just full of people. I think he gets excited when a church full of people accepts each other, come on. I think that's what he gets excited about. And that's what happens when I believe, when we step into a shared relationship, shared situation. So I wanna give you guys, um, hold on for a second guys, just hold on, okay. I wanna give you guys three things three things before we move into the, the close of our service. Are you guys getting anything out of this here today? I want you guys to see something because as you step into having or, or the decision to step into a shared relationship, okay, or maybe stepping into a small group, maybe one day leading a small group participating in a small group. Okay. I want to leave you with three challenges. And and, and I think maybe some of you have heard these before, maybe wrapped up a little bit different. Okay. First challenge is this, uh, when we're starting to talk about the value of shared relationships. Okay. It's this thing, and I want you to write this down. It's called Refrigerator's Rights. Refrigerator's Rights. Jason just lifted up his second, He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Refrigerator's Rights. What does that mean? Refrigerator's Rights is, is, is in your, Do you have shared relationships in your life where they can come to your house and just open up the refrigerator? Come on. Or are you one of them who's going to be afraid of if they open the refrigerator and what they're going to see? Right? Or what they may not see. <laughs> All right. Are you with me? So then, so then so you, I want you to challenge yourself with this question, okay? Challenge yourself with this question. Do people have refrigerator's rights with you? If they don't, it may be time to start challenging ourselves into the level of shared relationship that we have with others. And listen to this. And do we have refrigerator's rights with others? Okay. Now, now this refrigerator rights thing, it's, it's a big deal. Because, you know... If if I meet you for the first time, the very first time, and you invite me over to your house and we're getting to know each other, and I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you, and so-and-so, and, and da-da-da-da. Here's my coat. You take my coat and I bolt to the kitchen and I open up your refrigerator and see what you've got in. How many of you know that's just super super awkward? And how many of you know that's just dumb? Okay, how many of you know that's just not etiquette? Can we just be that? Okay, but how many of you know that if I'm coming week in and week out and we're getting to know each other, you are going to be comfortable to say, hey, just help yourself to anything that's in the refrigerator, right? Yeah. Except for the Bud Light. Help me out. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Okay, help yourself. Are you with me? This called a refrigerator. Right? This is called being transparent. Listen, if this doesn't exist in your life, you don't know what you're missing. I just recently had a group at my house, 20 people, every Sunday afternoon, and it was the best thing in the world to sit there on the couch and watch everybody just go through my cupboards, go through my refrigerator. <laughs> Ain't nothing in them, but they're still fun to watch them go through it. What <laughs> Mikasa Sukasa? Are you with me? Do you have refrigerators rights with somebody, and does do people have refrigerators rights with you? So that's a first challenge I want to leave you with. And if you don't, you don't know what you're missing. I promise you. And with all intentionality today, I'm asking you, take a step. You may be one community away from stepping into something full of purpose and destiny that will change your life forever. Here's the next thing. Ugly feet. Somebody say, ugly feet. ugly feet. If you ask me, what is the ugliest thing that's on a human being? It's their feet. Come on. I hate feet. Everybody in my family says, I just, I can't stand you Do not come Close to me with your feet. I promise you. Everybody's got ugly looking feet. I don't care what you do to dress them up with paint and the way you shave the hair off of your toes and whatever the case is. Everybody's got ugly feet. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Who would agree with me, right? You do not want to see my feet. I am telling you. First of all, they look like girls' feet and then they're ugly. Come on. everybody has ugly feet. And here's what I mean by that. When you, talk, when you start talking about shared relationships, and you start talking about making yourself open with refrigerators rights and, and really stepping into this. And, and, and is it true you may, you may be one community away from stepping into something purposeful? Listen, then you're gonna have to realize everybody, including you, has ugly feet. Everybody, including you, has something ugly about them. I'll say it like this. Everybody, including you, has something weird about them. But God loves weird people too. You know why? There's a collection of weirdness in this room right now. And he loves us all. Aren't you guys glad? I'll never forget one time I was leaving church and this, this little gal that, that was at the service week in and week out, week in and week out, and she just had a little she was just a little bit off, you know? And just, when I say off, like her mentality was just a little bit off about stuff. Always a half beat behind everybody and just a little strange, you know? And so I was in the car, I was backing out, and, and, and I said, Lord, I don't know how to reach this, this, this off person because she was there faithful, loved the Lord, wanted to serve in every area of ministry, but just missed a beat, you know? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you know, how many of you know somebody like that? Come on, don't admit it. How many of you are that person? Come on. So, and, and I'm pulling out of, the, out of the parking lot of the church, and I hear the Lord say to me, he said, I love that little off person. Do you? I said, oh. And from that point forward, it didn't matter who they were. I was just a collection of weirdness. Come on, somebody. We all have something weird about us, okay? And so here's, here's what I want to make, the point I want to make about this. Instead of fighting each other, why not fight for each other? Instead of, instead of fighting each other about the differences we have, judging each other about the differences we have, judging each other about whose, whose feet are more ugly than the next, come on. Why don't we just accept each other? Why don't we fight for each other? Are you guys with me? So when you start talking about stepping into shared relationship, being a part of something that could change your life, That could change your destiny, change your purpose, okay? Then we just need to accept each other, accept that we all have a little bit of something weird about us, and be okay. Is that okay? Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, you're not so weird after all. Come on, just tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. them. All right, right. then this last thing I want, I'm gonna close with this. All right, I wanna read one last scripture, third characteristic you may be one community away. your life being changed forever, stepping into purpose, stepping into destiny. John chapter 13, verse 34. I wanna read this. It's an amazing scripture. Jesus says this at the end of his ministry, just before he calls his disciples friends, he says this, this is awesome. He says this, he said, a new command I give you. Now, if Jesus is getting ready to give us a new command, I mean, that's a big deal, right? A new command I give you, love one another. Now watch this. Love one another. If you stop right there, love one another, that's a tall order, especially with all the selfish tendencies we have, the self-centeredness that we can sometimes have, maybe the disappointments, the people that have hurt us. He says, Love one another as a new command. It looks like it's a tall order, but he goes on to define what he means by love one another here. He says this, and this is the part that is so revolutionary. This is the part that we find the vision of Revolution Church right here. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. As you discover, God's unchanging love for you love one another. Come on. As you discover discover how much the Father loves you, believes in you, believes the best in you, gives you the benefit of the doubt all the time, assumes the best in you, is in your court no matter what. As you know how much Jesus loves us like that, then love one another. Isn't that good? When you understand and you can embrace how much the Father loves you, you'll embrace others without any problem. You'll accept them for their differences. You'll accept them with their flaws. you, You will accept them not just because of something that you can get out of it, but you'll accept them because you know There's a connection by purpose and by destiny. And it just may be that you may be one community away from a changed life, stepping into some kind of purpose, some kind of destiny for your life. That community of people that my mother found completely transformed her life. It was a beautiful sight to see. And I gotta just tell you, I have to just tell you, you want to talk about purpose, destiny, life-altering situations, life changes? You want to talk about that as a senior in high school, sick, sick, flat on my back with some kind of sickness that we did not know how it attacked me. Football was my whole life in high school. All I ever wanted to do was play football. I was so sick. I lost so much weight. I couldn't play. Week after week. This it's probably went on almost three weeks just being sick. I wanted nothing to do with this Jesus stuff because I had religion, right? And I didn't want that religion stuff either. So I was like in the middle. But I remember sitting there in my sick bed. And my mother came to me oozing with love. The love that, that we just read here in John 13. And she just said, hey, Somebody from my group would like to talk to you. They would like to pray for you because they know how much you like playing football. And they know how, much, how sad you are because you're home sick and we, and we can't figure out why you're sick. I said, I have nothing to lose. She hands me the phone. Back then it was a corded phone. Help me out. Come on. She hands me the corded phone and I'm laying in bed. And she starts talking to me. She said, have you ever made Jesus Christ your Savior? I said, I know who Jesus is. No. Have you ever made Jesus Christ your Savior? I said, no, I have not been water baptized. I'm not talking about water baptism. Have you ever made Jesus Christ your personal Savior? And my mind was stuck in religion. And this shared group, this shared person relationship that my mother was a part of, started to pull me out. Are you guys seeing this? And I'm on the phone. No. No. I don't know what you're talking about, about receiving Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I have no idea what this means. Well, I can pray with you right now over the phone. I'm like, I've never prayed with anybody over the phone. How weird is this? Are you with me? I said, okay. What do I have to lose? So she starts leading me. in the prayer of salvation. And I'm like, wow, the things that she's saying. And my mom's off in the corner, she's praying, I'm in bed. I could feel something changing on the inside of me. And it wasn't just the presence of God that I was because I'd never sensed that before. But I could literally feel sickness leaving my body. So I was sick for all that time. And after I said amen and received Jesus Christ, I stood up in bed and I just went, I'm healed and I'm saved come on somebody it was a shared relationship are you getting this now I keep saying you may be one community away from stepping into something like this one community away from embracing something like this and talking about altering and a life change from praying that prayer. Now, the next three and a half years were really difficult for me because I I, I still had all that religion. I still had all that world inside of me. and That's another sermon. You'll, you'll, you'll pull out of me one day, okay? But something happened to me that day. And I have to tell you guys, to the glory of God, I have literally led hundreds of people to Jesus. Are you with me? Hundreds. I have watched people get healed in hospitals. I have watched churches planted and grown. I have watched people change and transform. I've watched people step into their own purpose and destiny under this ministry. But it came out of a shared relationship, out of a community. You may be one community away from stepping into something that can change your life forever. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and I praise you for this group of people. You may be here today not even realizing why you're here today. And maybe this is your shared relationship opportunity. Maybe like me, you wrestled with who Jesus was. I only know Jesus of religion. I only know Jesus in that manner. But maybe today is an opportunity you to step into knowing Jesus in a personal, intimate way. If you're here today and you've never invited Christ into your life, I'm not saying that you're going to have the same kind of dramatic conversion that I had. Not everybody has that. So don't get caught up in that. But this is personal. It's between you and Him. I want to give you that invitation to say to invite the same Jesus and heal his same Jesus that saved me, the same Jesus that gave me purpose, that gave me destiny, the same Jesus that has taken me all around the world with his amazing message of love and kindness, that same Jesus is here today, and he wants to meet you right where you're at. And you might be here too today. You might be somebody that's running from God, and you're here today today something drove drove you to Revolution Church in a way that you maybe never experienced, it's time to reconnect. It's time to reclaim your purpose. It's time to reclaim your calling. You are in the right place at the right time. For any one of those two invitations, with every head bowed and every eye closed, please, no one looking around. This is an amazing moment right now. If you're here for any one of those two opportunities, I want you to lift your hand with me nice and high so that's why I can pray with you. I want to pray with you. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Put those hands down. Thank you, thank you. Come on, as a congregation, let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that your word is true. Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you are raised from the dead and you're in heaven right now. And I'm accepting you as my personal Savior today. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, come on. Let's give the Lord a great shout in this place, somebody. It's awesome. You may have prayed that prayer online. I know there's some of you that prayed that prayer in here. Listen, I'm telling you, it's amazing. God has an amazing new journey for you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, let us know if you're online. Send us an email. Or if you're in this room, in that connection card that you would received, please mark on them that that you received Christ today in a minute. When that offering bucket gets ready to, to pass, put that in there. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We just want to agree with you, or if you feel more comfortable, go to our new here area. Put give them, give those folks that card there. We've got a get for you. Promise you, it is absolutely free. We want to be a blessing to you and celebrate your life. Come on, let's give God one more shout in this place for everything He's done in here.